Welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. I am Kevin Bapti, and I'm joined, as always, by my brothers, Craig. Hey, how we doing, guys? And Adam. What's going on, guys? Aloha. So, guys, we just finished watching the Sony Open from Hawaii. Adam, why don't you give us a little eternity recap? Yeah, so we had a shootout in Wailai. It was Kevin Na who prevailed down the stretch with four birdies in his last six holes, winning by one with a score of minus 21. The only person to get to minus 21. So Kevin Na, I mean, the last few seasons, he's quietly had a three-season win streak, guys. I have, a, I have a little quick trivia question off the hop for you. There's actually two other players that have wins in each of the past three seasons. Can you guys name them? Craig, do you have an idea? I, uh, Of course I have an idea. Okay, well, well, let's go to Kevin then. Let's go to Kevin first. I know one for sure is DJ. Ding, ding, ding. And then I'm going to... I'm going to... It's got to be... It's got to be JT, no? No. Or is it wrong? No. No. He's one of your favorite players, Kevin. One of your favorite players. Good old Bryson DeChambeau. Oh yeah, of course, of course. I thought I thought it was four in a row though, Adam. I thought this was. Yeah, so yeah. Oh. this trivia doesn't even mean anything. But but it <laughs> is. <laughs> it is four in a row. It, it. it uh, he had a couple in 2019, but it was spread out over the um, two seasons. So he yeah. This you know, I think his... I'm a fan of the European tour schedule from January to December. I'm this such a fan of the European. Yeah, I totally agree. It's confusing. I, it's it confusing. makes no sense the way they do it. Um, but, you know, regardless, Kevin Na, I was very impressed with the win. Uh, it's he's, but, one of the, he's one of my favorite guys to watch when he's hot on, on any day, but particularly Sunday when he's walking in putts. It's, it's just, there's something... Uh, there's something pretty cool about watching that guy on the greens. Yeah, the it's fun, but it's also he's he's a close. Like, there's a lot of people that in the moment they're not going to go out there and win it. Um, and I was talking about it a little bit when we were texting last week because it felt like Harris English was kind of like ho hum, not really going out to go win it. He did end up winning it, but Kevin Nod just seems like he is like he is intent on winning this, and he's going to go down swinging. Yeah. Well, the funny I noticed on 18 uh, today, Kevin Na, he had that chip at the back of the green. He needed to get it tight to make the birdie uh, on the par five. And I feel like he started the chip like almost as soon as like, um, I forget who is, I guess it was Steele just rolled so, his eagle putt. And within a matter of seconds, Na was hitting his chip. Like he wasn't going to think about it. He was just hitting it. Well, I think that w- the kind of chip it was, it was a very straightforward chip. I think it was good lie, you know, good lie, yeah, with kind of up uphill lie, and then you just need to get it on the green. And it was going to funnel down to the hole because I think it was downhill to the hole. So just hit a, it's a simple chip. Like I think even one of us could have got that pretty close. So don't overthink it. Just I could go up, up and down from there. <laughs> Give me ten I could go up and down from there at least one and three times. So I think. <laughs> I think he just didn't want to overthink it. He just wanted to um, get up, knock it close. And, you know, regardless, he was going to get it, hit it close enough that he was going to give himself a chance to make birdie. So just hit a good chip. Don't overthink it. Although, and was this not the one where he was like, oh, there's like a, a blade of grass right there? 
Like he called his caddy over to point to a blade of grass. I think he's like, "Oh, there's a blade of grass right there. I'm probably gonna hit it." And then he, and then he just goes and hits. I was like, oh, "Okay, well, I guess there's a blade of grass there." How much uh, resistance but, is that gonna give the one blade? Yeah. No. Uh, to me, 13, 14, 15, three birdies in a row. Um, Steele had the bogey on fourteen. Uh, yeah. That was just to me. That was the total momentum shift. And then you know, at the same time, we had Kirk had. It was around the same time linearly, but Kirk was obviously on later hole, or, or uh, it was yeah, around the same time, on. but later yeah. holes. Um, yeah. But Kirk had pushed it to twenty, um, and yeah, Brendan Steele just faded, and, and well, Kevin I, I, looked like he wanted to win it. I think we have well, to no. say that Steele was three up after nine, the par five ninth, where he jammed in that eagle putt, so he was three up with nine to go. That mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, it was totally Steele's tournament to win, and unfortunately, he followed the the. The eagle at nine up with a good drive on ten where he got a bad break. Uh, bad break. I don't, I don't know, know if that's that bad of a break. No, I mean it, it could he, have stayed plugged in that face of that bunker. That's true. Too. That's true. But he he was you know a yard off having just a fantastic yeah, drive, yeah. and he ended up. Um, I don't even think it was that hard of a pitch, although it was a little awkward. Um, no, I think he's. Yeah, I think he's got some demons. Yeah, on this I course, think so especially on this back nine. Yeah, well, ten was where it all went down last year, and yeah. and he made a bit of a mess. But it just seemed like the back nine, like he didn't really seem comfortable. Um, yeah, I mean, I he, mean had, he didn't he seem comfortable. All day, he, he made really. a couple putts at some points, but yeah, I would agree. He he didn't. I don't think he's one of these people that does a great job sleeping on the lead. I mean, unfortunately, I think his track record shows that, but. Um, yeah, a tough, you know, tough final nine for Steele. There's no doubt yeah. about it. I don't think he. I think he was two bogeys, no birdies. If I'm, if I'm right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he actually a few of his pars were actually like he he did work to make pars. And um, that and that was the same on the front nine. So yeah, he wasn't. Co- he didn't round. look comfortable yeah. all day. It looked like he might have kind of got away with it after making a birdie on the par three seventh, and then the eagle on the ninth. Um, because nobody else in that final group was doing anything mm-hmm. and then um yeah unfortunately he started sliding the other way and and Na finally got his feet under him and then neiman who i was i was really pulling for for reasons Me we'll too. talk about later yeah. um he he uh you know, he made it exciting there with that chip in on 17. That got me well, up off the couch. For a while, I was I was going to, you know, be complaining because it felt like Neiman could not get a putt to drop and, like, nothing seemed to be kind of yeah. breaking his way. And then he, he made that chip, and I'm like, okay, well, that makes up for a couple of those putts that wouldn't fall. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think for Neiman, he had I, – I mean, he was just – I think uh, Justin Leonard on the telecast was talking about it, but it's kind of a testament to how good he is that he didn't – He was. It, it seemed like he was – not doing anything like he made a he made a bogey there on the front nine where he bladed that chip across the green into a bunker yeah, and then yeah. got that up and down for bogey and then yeah I don't the know, one that he he had one he drove in the water and made a par took yeah uh, took oh, the penalty yeah, drop and yeah yeah, yeah so I mean he he was kind of all over the map today and then on I believe it was fifteen he ended up finding himself right in it um, mm-hmm. on fifteen he left one just a revolution or two short for birdie 16 he just he was the tightest one in there and he missed his birdie putt and then mm-hmm. you know it looked like that was it for him and then on 17 he made the he chipped in for birdie there when he thought he was kind of out of it and um the way he had played 18 all week he had made two eagles and a birdie there already you kind of thought anything was possible at that point yeah um but i mean talk about talk about strong finishes and back-to-back starts for neiman 
And did yeah. they say that was a seven wood in the fairway bunker on 18? That's what they said. Well, yeah. they said they <laughs> said he had carry? gone seven wood, seven wood, I think, earlier in the week, for sure. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> he ripped that. I, I couldn't believe the contact he made on his yes. second shot out of the bunker there. That I sounded sweet. I don't know the last sweet. time I've seen a seven wood that wasn't from the 80s. Like that. I think, doesn't dad carry a seven wood? <laughs> yeah, I think it's from the 80s. <laughs> from the Matt. 80s, Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start carrying a seven wood if I could hit it like that. <laughs> so um, let's, let's talk about some of these other guys. I, I kind of just jumped in there with Neiman, but um, Chris Kirk. So Chris Kirk, he just seemed to kind of plod along today. I think he, he dropped a few on the front nine. He did drop yeah. a few because I was following him quite closely. Yeah. And then, and then he just started making birdie after birdie. I think he made three in a row at one point. Um, I don't even know. And, Correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, but I don't even know if the telecast showed him get to 19 under, which I thought was shocking. Um, they were showing was him on 14. the back nine before. Uh, so because of, uh, you know, the story of him having to get a top three to keep his card, um, they were starting to show him. Uh, I don't know how early they first did. Um but sometimes, I mean, oftentimes they'll just do it in a quick little 10-second clip of, oh, yeah, yeah here he makes yeah. a birdie putt. Um, right, right. So when I know you have two young children at home, you might miss those sometimes. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Small I'm in and out. <laughs> yeah. I'm in and out. And let's face it, with the way golf coverage works, it's the only way you can be because yeah. you get, I'd, I'd say you get equal parts commercial to golf viewing, it feels like, a lot of the time. So, um you kind of have to have something else going on yeah. to stomach it. No, but gutsy, gutsy finish for him. Uh, you know, on I think it was 17 when he left that putt hanging. Um, oh, and, and I think everyone knew how close it was going to end up being for him. Uh, yeah. And so he left that putt hanging and everyone wanted that thing to I, fall. But we didn't get a reverse angle of that. So we only got the angle from like it like right across the hole. Right. I feel like we didn't get an appreciation how close it was. Well, I also don't think you have a, a good appreciation that that was that was probably downhill, kind of with the break, and it just against the wind. In. They did say though, so against the wind, you guys I, might not have a good. Pre- I had appreciation for all of those things, <laughs> um, but then so then he came down, and then his second shot on eighteen, he put out to the right, which was yeah. sort of. Uh, it was the place you don't want to miss because yeah. you're short sided with a, a lot of you know you're in that nasty Bermuda rough and you have to. Fortunately, I think he drew a decent lie um, and and could get a, a decent contact on it, but just made a beautiful chip. Yeah. Um, Regardless of the lie, that was a phenomenal shot that he hit. Beautiful pitch, I guess I should say. Yeah. yeah. I feel yeah. like I've said this on this po- on the podcast before, but I feel like when I watch him, it feels like he has a resting heart rate of 45. Like. His irons are so smooth and relaxed. His putting stroke is like, it relaxes me watching him putt. It just, it doesn't seem to have a care in the world. Yeah. Um, it was fun to watch. And I think we all have, we've, we've mentioned on the podcast before his backstory. So he's a guy you just feel, I, I feel myself pulling for him when I see him up there. Uh, so it was nice to see him have a, a good, strong finish. And I think we'll talk a little bit more about why that was such an important finish in a little bit here. Um, Anything else you guys want to mention about Steel before we start talking about some other guys? Um, I mean, I think we've touched on it. You know, tough, tough back nine, tough yeah. 
Really tough day for him. Really tough day. It's a course that he, you know, he's one of these guys that he can't go out there and compete on every course. So it's a course that he kind of needs to get it done on. And it's two years in a row now that he's let it get away from him. Um, So, yeah, it's just going to be one that's going to be a little bit hard to get over. And uh, I don't know if there's a whole lot more needed than that. Yeah. Yeah. So how about Webb? For a while there, I couldn't believe they're still showing Webb. And then all of a sudden he reminded us why. They're still showing him, I guess. Uh, started dropping some bombs and kind of creeping yeah. <laughs> back into contention there. But so if you went back further in the tournament too, that seemed to be the story. Like he 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 made a few long putts throughout the week. And then he was missing, you know, those say eight to 12 footers or six to 15 footers, but then making the 15 to 25 footers, it seems like. Um and had a couple, there's there's twice on my sheet here that I have marked down big putt with exclamation mark next to Webb. Because he, he yeah, he just dropped bombs to make birdies and, and give himself a chance. A uh, little bit little bit flat on 18. Um, he he could have gone out there and, uh, you know, at least posted a bit better of a number. But um, yeah, push, push the clubhouse lead to 20, which would have put a little bit more pressure on those guys, I think. Yeah, at the start of the day, I didn't think he'd be, he'd get to where he yeah, ended up I agree. getting. That's to true. Me too. Um, it. Interesting too with with Webb. I don't remember seeing him as frustrated as I saw him today at a few points. I know on I can't remember which one it was. It was par three, maybe eleven. Um, not sure. He ended up hitting it into a hazard, and uh, oh yeah, right. He he was he was pretty pissed off, and you don't usually see that kind of animation from him. Um, which is kind of interesting because he was so like he seemed like he was so close kind of all week. He was so close to really just grabbing the you know grabbing this tournament by the collar and running with it um and he he couldn't quite do it and i think it kind of started to get to him a little bit towards the end there yeah but he does he he seems to be getting the reputation of like the backdoor top five top 10 king like he just he always finishes like he he brings it on sunday somehow some way and sneaks into like that money position i think that's just a characteristic across the top golfers um i I think think so it's just the you know these other guys you'll see them oh they'll be in the top five on Saturday at the end of the day but the, there's but kind the, of they've already shot what they what they can and and you know maybe Webb it may, he maybe missed I'm opportunities that Webb, he doesn't get the appreciation as a top ten golf in the world or like maybe he doesn't get that recognition I don't know but I think you know I I really think he is more and more I know. I have certainly viewed him not necessarily as that in years past. And, and at this point, you, you really can't deny it. He's he's as clutch as it gets, usually. I think um, in part it's because we think of the top guys as, for the most part, they have pretty complete games, including the distance. And yeah. Webb is, is much more, he's almost like one of these elite journeyman like more of an accuracy and and precision guy at a very very elite level yeah so it's almost like maybe we we keep him a tier below the guys who we know have the distance and can go out there on any course and really compete and overpower it whereas Webb, yeah he like it's shocking that he doesn't have a i don't think he has a win here does he I don't think so. I don't think so. But Um, I I love the fact that we heard from multiple players this week that say, like, they pick and choose their tournaments on the courses they know they can win. We heard that from Kevin Kisner before the tournament. I think Kevin Noss said it in his I was going to say, I think we got a winner who, yeah. 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 I think Brennan Steele said it after Saturday. 
or at least this is one of the courses that he he really enjoys or times in the schedule he really enjoys. I, it's interesting that I don't think the PGA likes to hear that or likes to have that get out, but uh, clearly that's the mindset of these guys that are shorter and accuracy type players that it's getting away from them. So they have to pick their courses. Yeah. Well, and, and of course it is right. Like that's just the reality of the, of their games and the guys they're competing against and the courses they play. I mean, you know, when you have a chance to win and you know, when you kind of are just trying to hang on, um, one and one of the it, best ones I've heard talking about that is Jim Furyk, where you know he says, yeah. "Yeah, fifteen twenty years ago, I felt like I could compete anywhere, but now I still feel like there's courses I could go out and compete on, but I know that I can't compete on every course on the PGA Tour." Interesting. Yeah. Um, speaking of someone who could compete at every course, Paul Morikawa kind of snuck up there this week. Um, he was always sort of. Just uh, just off the top of the, <laughs> the leaderboard, Adam. I know you were watching him close. He was your one and done this week. <laughs> I was watching very close, but I was watching agonizing on on Shot Tracker, whatever it's called, on the app or the website, uh, the leaderboard website, because it would be Morikawa from one eighty five sticks it to nine feet seven inches. Like, oh yeah, and par. <laughs> oh, like. He's he's so guys he's so good with his irons. I also saw another tweet. I, I forget from who, but he picked like his best golfer of all time. Like best driver was Rory. Best around the green was um, Patrick Reed. Best putter was Tiger, and he picked himself for best approach. Best oh, of yeah. Nice. I respect yeah. that self confidence. But like going into eighteen again, I I was counting the one and done dollars and burger was creeping up there as well kevin your pick and i was like okay just i mean just get in there with a birdie like post that 19 and he parred it like oh, come on burger was, was burger was in front of him all week morikawa <laughs> kind of almost clipped him at the end but morikawa was always in that like 5 to 12 range it felt like and he just couldn't get into that top to make that yeah, real it, it felt to me like he was never uh, maybe I'd, I'd have to think back a little bit closer on Thursday and Friday, but he was never really in contention. He was always just sort of outside of it. Um, yeah. And just because of how good he is, he, he stayed there throughout the tournament. And that's kind of um, like Webb as well. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. And yeah. Webb, Webb, and Webb just got a little bit lead. more of a hotter putter and sunk a couple yeah. of Just different pots. styles, but pretty much the yeah. exact same. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but the one and done sure does make watching tournaments on sunday pretty fun <laughs> regardless or, of friday afternoon or on friday, friday afternoon, afternoon kisner. when kisner sings a uh that what, was awesome. maybe a 15 footer for uh eagle to make the cut that was awesome so i was watching that and, and i was thinking about you craig and i was like oh, all he's got left is number nine he's at minus two let's see if he can do it you know hits a good drive it's his second shot to about 17 feet, I think. And then, boom, he made it. Yeah. I, was, I was pumped it, for you, man. He was he was pretty confident in his putting stroke there, too, which, uh, yeah, I like it. So I know we're a few months into our one-and-done season, but and this is maybe not legit to start wagering now, but I feel like there has to be a little bit something on the line. I, I don't know what yet, but there has to be something. Yeah, well, we can figure that out. Like a Baptist Cup, they have to play with uh, a certain ball or something we choose. Like something like that. I don't know. The loser has to play with... We'll we'll figure something out. Okay. Um, Adam, why don't you get into your three stars for this week? Yeah, absolutely. So my third star is Mark Leishman. Mm. A guy we didn't bring up on a recap, but guys, I think I want to stamp it down. I think Leishman is back. 
So I had Leash as a sleeper last week, and I think I was just a week too early on him there. <laughs> a week too early. Uh, he had a great start to 2020. Pandemic hit. Very, very shaky uh, after the COVID restart. I think um, now I'm missing his stats, but he went on a long stretch of not playing well at all. He had a T13 at the Masters, which kind of came out of nowhere. It was a jolt in the right direction, but this is his first top 10 in almost a year. What did he finish this week? He was fourth. T4. Yeah. He had a few a few no-cut tournaments in a row where he was pretty reliably in the bottom that's Five. right. I think the, the um, Zozo and uh, the CJ Cup, right? Well, the Zozo, I, I don't know how many were in it, but he was tied for 70th there. Um, to our championship, he was T28. BMW, yeah. he was 69. I think there was 70 there. So, like, he had quite a few where he was pretty close to the, the last. And I don't think it was just, like, one thing. Like, he was really cold putter or, like, he, he was spraying drives. Like, it was just kind of a mess of everything, like, not clicking. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I but, think but so got it together. So yes, he was playing poorly, but so third star, um, he's only, only Chris Kirk and Billy Horschel broke 66 each day. So he's, he's consistent, which I feel like has been a problem over the past 10 months. Let's call it. Um, and, and the other thing he won in Tory Pines last year. So if any of you guys are interested, he is still 80 to one at the U S open. Ooh. Isn't the I'll farmers at Tory Pines too? The that's where he, is, that's the yeah. pharmacy one last year. Yeah. So he'll get two shots there. Is that so is the now is that not f- the south course that they do? I think the at farmers, farmers at? they play they play both. Um Okay, to- but the, the US opens as a north course, I believe. I don't know. Mm. Or we better look black, into whatever this. the hard one is. I'll look it up. <laughs> I, th- I think the I think the north course is the big boy course. I, I believe you. North course is Tiger's course there? <laughs> all right who's your moving second on, star moving on <laughs> second star chris kirk already mentioned him on the podcast but his back was completely against the wall um he needed to get it done he i think he had 11 starts to his major medical extension that he needed to get the 280 points um rob bolton who's a great uh follow on twitter he works for pga he does the major medical extension and the rookie watch uh, each week kind of gives those updates who's getting their card and who's kind of still in the hunt uh, tweeted out this morning that I think, yeah, he needed that T third or better, like two people at T third. So super clutch performance from Chris Kirk. He's got his card second star. Love to see it. Yeah. yeah, Love to see it. Just, just update. I had it backwards. South course is the big boy course. That's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, just in case anyone was keeping score at home. So where do they play the farmers? Do you, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get our ducks in a row here. Before we, got a, we got a couple of weeks. I think that's in two weeks. Everybody's getting nervous about the one and done. What am I supposed <laughs> to play leash, all right? Just tell me what I'm supposed to play leash. So the farmers, farmers, they do the first two rounds. They play both. And then the weekend, they play the south. Okay. I got some information on the farmers later in the pod. It's going to be in the stock up, stock down section. So just you wait. All right. <laughs> That's I'm sitting on pins and needles. <laughs> First start, Kevin Na. Uh, like I said, three wins in three seasons. Um, four wins Which in might four be seasons. four and four. <laughs> 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 Stop, boy. 
I, I've had a daughter that's been getting me up at like 5.30 every morning. <laughs> Guys, it's late at night. I'm I'm trying to get through this the best I can. Four wins in four seasons. He's even uh, higher as a first star now. Higher yeah. as a first star. I think the interesting thing for Kevin Nall, especially with his uh, putting powers, uh, Ryder Cup this year. I think he's an interesting, interesting kind of um, possible addition to the American Ryder Cup team this year. So, well, they they were mentioning that on the telecast quite a bit there. Yeah, I, yeah so maybe that's where I got the idea. <laughs> I think I don't know. I I feel like I need to hear. It's sort of like uh, you know an all pro team in whatever sport, or I need to know who you're knocking off if you're going to put Kevin Na on there because uh, there's a lot of good names there on the U.S. side. Maybe yeah, that's a but you pod. know what? That that being said, there's also we've all seen these teams that are just absolutely stacked all star teams on paper that don't sure. have the the team chemistry. And I I feel like Kevin Na would be a good team guy. He'd be like, a good glue guy. Yeah. Yeah, and like the way he, honestly the way he walks in those putts, it's just a little bit of swagger that I think a teammate would would really feed off of and and. I, yeah. I think he'd be a great addition. Was it okay, Holmes so, that kept bringing it so up? So would you say Kevin Na over Matthew Wolf? Yes. What about yes. Scotty Scheffler? Yes. yes. What about Daniel Berger? No. Mm. I don't know. Patrick Stop. Reed? Yeah, I don't think you can take... <laughs> I, I think Patrick Reed's going to qualify on his own, though, probably. Well, like, I, all I'm saying is that, I mean, you got DJ JT, Morikawa, Shoffley, DeChambeau, Webb, Cantley, Reed, Kepka, Berger. Like, you've got Tony a lot Finau? of... So I haven't even got to Fina yet, you know? So, like, you've got Tiger? a lot of... <laughs> all I'm saying is the U.S. side, you're going to have to take off a pretty good name. I, I, I do appreciate the Kevin Na on the Ryder Cup team argument but i also think that like you can't just say like oh yeah this guy should be on the Ryder cup without saying like okay then who are you taking off um because with the u.s side you're leaving off a a pretty strong name if you're gonna put someone on there so i think with the captain's picks though if he if he were to fall into that category and not just qualify like let's face it getting a win early in the season um he might just string a few of these together and and get himself on there so it's no questions asked but if I, I like what the captain's picks going after some kind of gritty guys, you know, like yeah. not just not just the superstar that didn't quite qualify that year. Like, eh, you know, qualify next year. I'm going to go for this this little pit bull over here. You need the guy that's going to stand in there, take the charge, you know, pass the rock. Yeah, exactly. Have the JYD kind of, like, of the, of the you team. You can't have five Vince Carters on your... Well, I was going to say, it, it's sort of like when they went <laughs> the from JYD, the... I love <laughs> The U.S. U.S. The U.S. basketball team being just all of the biggest name superstars to like, yeah. hey, actually, we need some guys who are going to rebound and play defense, and we only have one ball. And Shane so... Battier, come on in here, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, all right, guys, let's That's move on to talk. our uh, let's move on to some of our picks and gambling stuff from last week. So, uh, going into the tournament, uh, our picks for winner: Adam had Morikawa, I had Berger. Those were also our one-and-done picks. They both tied for seventh, which was uh, a solid one-and-done result, I think. Um, Adam, how do you feel about it? You know, you know, I, I've been wrestling with this for a few hours now since the tournament ended. 
$200,000 is what we got for our T7. I feel like using a top 10 player in the world, which I, I'll put more Kawa in that camp. I, I'm okay with it. You know, I went for that win. I gambled on perhaps a field that isn't the strongest field with, I thought the best talent in the field and eh, 200, I'll, I'll take the 200,000. Uh, Kevin, yeah. how do you feel about Well, see, I've been thinking, I've been wrestling this with this for a few hours now too. And I honestly, initially disappointed because yeah. he was right there all week and I was thinking he could get it done. Um, and I did, I did bet him out right for the week as well. Um, but I feel, I, I was thinking compared to you, I feel a little better because I feel like Burger's a bit more of a gamble. Yes. Whereas Morikawa, you're pretty sure he's at least going to make the cut and then he's going to, you know, he's just so yeah. good and his floor is so high that he's going to work himself into probably a top 20 for you. Um, so well, I'm happy fun, to still other... have Morikawa in, in my pocket. But uh, Craig, I mean, you must be feeling the best because you didn't go with either of those guys. I'm feeling great because I was <laughs> I went from zero dollars to thirty five k. So I Craig was, took Kevin Kisner as we. I was staring in the face of a missed cut, pretty pretty full on. So yeah, no problems here. Well, yeah. I think the other interesting note for one and done, if people people can go on our Twitter and see who we played uh, throughout, but Kevin's been tailing me with my picks for like three or four weeks now. And so we've been, I haven't been able to get past them. And then we pick different elite guys and they get the same place. Like, come so on. I should say too, that Adam definitely trolled me with this pick. He, he made, cause we text each other our picks and I kind of, I always like to hold mine back a little bit. I think we need and, to do some sort of blind bid system. Yeah, we could we could look at that. We could in the implement future. But that, there's a little yeah. bit of gamesmanship too to just texting, and I think that's what Adam did to me this week because he said <laughs> he he sent more call and he's like, "Come on, Kev, follow me." So it's almost like he was trying to hedge his bets. <laughs> he is baiting. He is baiting you. Yeah, yeah but I I kind of thought too he was trying to reverse psychology psychology me into <laughs> not picking him, which I had already kind of had myself set on burger. So. Ultimately, I'm happy with how it turned out. It, it, I was hoping for more at at one part during that journey, but you know, can't be, can't really be upset with a top ten result. Yeah, um, I agree. Other uh, other picks of note here: um, Adam faded Abraham Answer, which was um, he had a miscut this week. Um, that was that was a good fade, and I really didn't have a, a reason besides the fact that I made my twenty DFS lineups, and he didn't make it in because I had so many other guys <laughs> up top, and I felt like he's going to be highly owned in DFS. But he was a fade, and it and it worked out. So, yeah, um, I don't really think there's too many other picks of note here. Um, yeah, all of us swung and missed on our sleepers. Um, our top. Well, Canadians... mine made the cut. At least I had Austin Cook. He made the cut. You guys had yeah. two miscuts over there. I, yeah. Kevin's actually so. Kevin had uh, Takumi Kanaya, who I I had uh, chosen as one of our sleepers uh, for DFS purposes, and he had a pretty heartbreaking miscut because um, missed on the number, didn't he? Missed it on yeah. the number. He had a putt for birdie on seventeen, and then he had an eagle putt on eighteen. Yeah. Like, and but like only like twenty those, some feet. You know, so he makes the birdie on 17 and he birdies 18, then he's fine. Or he makes the par on 17 as he did and he drops the eagle putt, he would have made it. So mm-hmm. um, if you don't know about him, if he's, you know, former world number one amateur, the guy has chops. Uh, so it was nice to, he had an, uh, not the best Thursday and then, and then started to turn it on on Friday. Um, I was going to say, I think he gave up two strokes to the field right away. 
and was battling to get yeah, to so it would have been nice i think to see him make the cut just those are the type of guys you just want them to get more reps too, like mm-hmm. more yeah. more competitive tournament reps um but yeah just just missed on the number there for him yeah um so yeah not too much more to say on our picks one and done update craig is sitting at eight hundred forty thousand. adam's at 1.3 and i'm just under 2 million at 1.99 so one nine nine. It's heating up a little bit, guys. I'm starting to. I'm. I'm pretty excited about this. It's. It's going to be interesting. After our talk last week about whether we're penciling them in or not, I'm, I'm going to have to start looking at it here pretty quick. I'm just oh, been yeah. flying There's, by the seat the, of my pants, and the I don't purses know how much changed I can keep pretty it significantly too. If you look at the PGA schedule, the purses have like million dollar fluctuations. So you're going to want yeah. to look at that. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to take a peek. <laughs> All right, it's time. Good bets, bad bets, red bets, green bets. Adam, start us off. What were your like best it. and worst bets of the week? Uh, I think this is a bad... I don't have any good bets, so I'll, I'll start by <laughs> saying that. Bad week outright. Bad week on DFS. Uh, but my kind of bonehead moment, I, I teased it early in the podcast that I've I've had a daughter screaming at 5.36 a.m. for the last seven days. So I feel like I'm not mentally all there. But I, I like to... Our pick sheet comes out and I... Hey, I, Adam, I, I always feel like you're mentally not all there. So. <laughs> That's just my level, Craig. That's just where I get to. My ceiling isn't that high. <laughs> so Austin Cook is my sleeper at 175, and I put it in the bed on Tuesday night. And then Wednesday morning rolled around. I'm like, oh, I got to get my bets in. And then I bet him again. <laughs> so if Austin Cook came out and won, you would have loved it. I would have loved it, but it was just kind of a bonehead. Uh, Red, red bet, bad bet for for me. That's and then I guess the other thing of note, I had Kevin Nas a sleeper last week, completely faded him this week, just missed it. Bad DFS week for me. I think Kevin Nas. I wasn't. I'm not sure, but I think I saw him around the 45 to one range going into the week. I'm not totally sure what he was outright. Oh, I, th- I think him, he was but... higher than that. I thought I thought he was 80 ish. Yeah, yeah. Was he? Okay. Yeah. Um. So mine. I uh, I had a down fantasy week. It wasn't the worst I've had, but it was definitely an uglier one. The one, actually, the one that killed me was Takumi Kanaya. I had, I want to say, going into my you know my uh, cut lineups, I would say either two of my top three or three of my top four. Oh no, sorry, it was two of three were Kanaya. And then Abe Answer was my other one, where like Ooh. all of my top lineups, I had one miss, and so I, I ended up getting a few through uh, yeah. with six of six, but it was not my ones that had you know most most of the guys who were up near the top of the uh, leaderboard. Um, and then I had a really good, I think this was Friday, um, a really good showdown ticket uh, where I think I had you know maybe three of the top guys and then a couple really good ones, and then I had. Eric Van Ruyen, who he he was just all over the place. Like I, I he had a bit of a psycho scorecard where yeah, he had five five or six birdies, but he skipped one off a cart path out of bounds on his his I want to say second last hole, maybe it was third last hole. Um, and he he ended up he still put up okay points, but it was one of these ones where you know I was in the top hundred or so, uh, which. You know, if it, Kev, you don't play DFS, uh, but it, it's one of these things like like big poker tournaments where it skews so heavily. Yeah. The payout yeah. skews so heavily right. towards the top. So you know, I still made I think on that um, 
on like that still. entry, I still made more than my return. Um, uh, but it's just one of those ones where it, it yeah, was just a had, miss, missed opportunity. He had yeah. two, two triples <laughs> on Friday. Yeah, and he still put up, I want to say, like 42 points or something something somewhat decent. <laughs> well, he still made par. So yeah. <laughs> he had a bunch of birdies. <laughs> well, unlike you guys, I actually had a pretty good week. I uh, my outrights going into the week, I, I bet Berger at sixteen to one, M at sixteen to one, and I I was surprised to see Neiman at twenty five to one going into the week. So I I put in yeah. yeah I would get a unit to there as well. Um, unfortunately, I didn't hit any of those. I felt good on you know obviously on Neiman and Berger though. That's really all I think you can ask for with outrights is is you have somebody still in it on Sunday with a chance to win. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, makes it makes it a lot more exciting. Neiman especially, I thought, you know, all the way through he had a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but where I kind of made up for it was in my internment betting. So I had uh, I had bet Berger at three to one uh, to finish inside the top ten on the first round, which he, which he did. Um, and then, so I rode, I rode the winnings there and I bet a few guys to go bogey free in the second round. And I hit English went bogey free in the second round for six to one. And I rode so that you, again. So on Thursday, you just saw that it was easy scoring. So you found this, this prop bet of, I found this prop. Round. Yeah. Bogey free. And I was kind of looking at guys who either had, were close to it. You know, I wasn't going sure. for Van Ruyen or anything. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking didn't at guys who were triple bogeys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I saw, I saw English last week. He had on, I think he went bogey free on Friday and Saturday. So I was thinking, you know, this is a guy who's, who's playing kind of slow and steady a little All bit. All aspects he, are good. Yeah. Yeah. And he had a, he had three bogeys, I think on Thursday and, and he was, well below the cut line so i was thinking he was going to come out and play a good round which he did so that was a nice hit at six to one and then i i bet leishman bogey three bogey free in the third round and i think i i mentioned it to you guys he dropped about a 17 footer on 17 to keep yeah, it that's yeah that's a big huge putt huge putt um so yeah that was eight to one which kind of and then you actually that one too because you had kirk that day too and he just made a bogey um yeah right 16 i think Sit, yeah, well, was, maybe fifteen was, and it was a, a bogey, uh, a bunker. He got short sided in a bunker, wasn't it? Well, he he had actually made one, I think, prior oh, to I like he made you. one on fifteen, and then he made another one on seventeen. But I, I was watching; it was it was, was going along and well. Kirk and I was I was kind of you know it's fun when you got those guys oh, that yeah. are still that are still yeah. bogey free going into fifteen. It it's fun to watch. Um, and and you know what, eight and seven to one, those are they're pretty. F- good odds for that i thought especially considering the course so um yeah. you know it's a prop bet i'm going to look at again in the future depending on the the course of course ring foot bogey free <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then so with some of those winnings again i going into the round today i i went for a neiman and Nah first second in either order at 20 to 1 so you know Kevin Na was walking his way into my heart on the back nine there when he was when he leapfrogged Steele and a Steele drop back and I saw Neiman might be able to jump up into that second spot. It was the only thing you're saying is like, hey Na, watch. like like just ease off. Second place is good enough for you. I yeah. got I got Neiman for the wind here too. That was so. you know that was the 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 big big prize would yeah. be if Neiman could have taken it and then Na finished second. That would have been a big payout for me. Um, but you know, happy I, consolation there. So he I feel like up, we all 
we all have like a guilty conscience a little bit and we don't we don't really like to cheer against people but i'm sure the drive of steel on tank kevin when he got hung up there you're like Ooh, Ooh. That's, that's a little oh. too bad but i'm alive baby i am alive <laughs> Can't lift, clean, and place that one. I don't think. I'll <laughs> yeah. leave that there. Yeah, I, I mean, I I hate to say that I benefited from Steele's fallback, misfortunes. There, but I really did. So yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, it was a it was a positive week for me, a green week for me, I guess you can say. So um, it was good. We'll see if we can keep it keep it rolling next week. Um, why don't we get into our stock up and stock down here, guys? Craig, we'll start with you. Okay, stock up, stock down. I have going up Nick Hardy. Anybody, I anybody, like it. Nick Hardy, anyone? I love um, it. So, not a PGA Tour member coming in this week uh, or leaving this week, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, great amateur career. Uh, if you haven't seen some of the stories about him in college, they're hilarious and they're great. Um, yeah. He's been pretty successful on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, really good stats there. He, you know, he's a great ball striker. Um, so we saw him come out this week. He was, he ended up just outside the top 10, which, so, you know, there's a few things I was cheering for today. I was cheering for Chris Kirk to get his top three. For sure. Um, I was cheering for Neiman to win, but then I was cheering for, uh, Nick Hardy to, to get a top 10. Cause then he'd get, you know, automatic qualifier into, I think it was the, they were saying the farmers, um, oh, it's not the Amex. No, Next. for some reason oh, okay. I don't know why, but it was it was going to be the Farmers as opposed right. to the Amex. But another PGA start for sure. Another PGA start, yeah. yeah. Um, unfortunately, just outside of it, but very impressed uh, with what we saw from him. Um, I think he does have the chops. It's just going to be a matter of how he's going to work his way onto the PGA Tour. Um, so yeah, stock stock going up for me, and also. I was able to ride him. I didn't have him week long, which I was, we were talking about it on our uh, Wednesday show. Um, I didn't end up plugging right. him in, uh, but I got some pretty good showdown play out of him. So um, I jumped on the train in time to, to get something out of it. Nice. Right on. Uh, stock, down. stock down for me. Abe answer. Like I said, uh, Maybe it's it's a little bit because it hit home for me, but my my top DFS <laughs> lineup ticket. it never helps. Yeah, <laughs> my top DFS lineup. He was the he was the big red miscut on it. Um, it just it feels to me like like we still don't have a win from Abe Answer. Um, it feels to me he has been playing good golf and he he's had a kind of a string of top twenties um, coming right. in. You know, not every tournament in the in the past leading up to this, but but he's had a decent. He's been playing decent golf coming in. It feels to me with this kind of field, he needs to be doing like he, yes, he did just miss the cut on the number, but he should be contending in this kind of tournament. I think it's a course that uh, you know he he has the game to compete here. He's he's a very good putter. He. Uh, you know he has that approach play. I think he can make he can throw up birdies in bunches. There's no reason he shouldn't be competitive here, and so he he just needs to take advantage when we don't have you know all the top ten guys in these tournaments and and go out there and win one of these ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I you know he was somebody I I actually had penciled in for my stock down until I saw in the notes here that you that you had him, but. He's he's got to make the cut here, you know. I know he yeah. he was he just to. off it on the number, but he's he's that good that you know he's got to make the cut. So, as, as somebody who's an up and comer like that, I I feel like he's got to make the cut in a in a 
field like this and on a course like this that kind of plays to his strengths. Um, Adam, who do you have moving up and down this week? I mean, Abe answer was my uh, fate of the week. So I'm, I'm sorry, Craig, that you didn't uh, listen to your brother there a little bit. But hey, <laughs> what you going to do? <laughs> my stock up, Patton Kazire. Uh, so going back to the restart. So since the restart, his first eight events, he had five missed cuts. So over half the events, his first eight, he missed a cut. Since then, he's had seven straight made cuts and he's finished top 11 or better in three of his last four tournaments. I don't have a cool story or any good stats. I just, I just purely, he, he seems like a stock on the rise. Like he seems like he's playing really, really go- good golf right now. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's definitely actually, popped on a few, uh, a few leaderboards lately. Someone had brought him up uh, when we were doing, doing the full field breakdown. Uh, and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm just not, I don't mind the play, but I'm yeah. just not getting there myself. And I was like, yeah, same. I should have got there myself. Kind of regretted it. <laughs> kind of regretted it. It's also a course that, you know, the top putters play well here. And he is a great putter. And so it, it's one yeah. that I feel like in retrospect I should have seen come in. But, uh, but yeah, I, I like it. Stock up for sure. I feel like that about Kevin Na and a lot of guys at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Uh, stock down. I think someone you might have played in DFS here, Craig, but Brant Snedeker. Mm-hmm. Um, he has not been playing well. 16 events, again, since the restart, 16 events he's played in, eight missed cuts, but only one top 20 at the Sanderson Farms. So he started going into the restart. He was 46 in the world. Right now, he's dropped to 99th. So he's at a significant Really? He's down to 99th. Wow. 99th in the world. A lot of people, a lot of names you probably wouldn't think are in the top 100, like moving past them. Mm-hmm. quickly moving past him but i i kind of teased this earlier in the podcast but the west coast swing if there's anybody that's looking forward to the west coast swing it's brant snedeker so farmer's insurance uh he has two wins two second place finishes and two third place finishes including last year which is obviously his best result in the past year so he is very much looking forward to going to san diego going to tory pines again u.s open maybe and then Pebble Beach. Uh, so Farmers is two weeks from now. Pebble Beach, four weeks from now. He's won there twice. So something about, I mean, he's a Tennessee Tennessee guy, but there's something about California. He he wins here. So, yeah, look, so look, he, look at his hair, man. I he's got the flow. He's got the flow of a California kid. <laughs> I wouldn't go too far into this, though, because the reason I played him this week, he has a really good course history here. Like he had a second place here. He's top 20, top 16 in three of his last four starts here. So like all signs point to this being a, a course that suits him. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to be hesitant to pull the trigger. I'm, I'm agreeing with the stock down without necessarily the, uh, I'll have to see some results before I plug him in again. Fair, fair. He is playing next week. So if, I think if there's any sign of life next week, I think you got to plug him in and Tori Look for him at the farmers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Maybe this will act as some bull- bulletin board material for him. There you, you go. Know. Yeah. Stick it up there, Brandon. Let's see it. <laughs> All right. Well, for me, moving up this, this week is Chris Kirk. Uh, we've already touched on him a, a fair amount. It's awesome to see him get his or keep his tour card, I should say, on his last start of his yeah. medical exemption. Um but, you know, I think he's also just trending in the right direction. This this obviously is his best result in, in a long time, but it's his fifth straight cut made. 
Um, this result takes him from 261st in the world to 128th in the world. Um, he had his he had a top 20 at the RSM Classic at the end of last year, um, and he's only had one start since then. Um, yeah. This this being the third. So, you know, my thing with Chris Kirk is he's he's trending in the right direction. It's great to see him kind of back and and. Um, you know, in a better place in his life, in a healthier yeah, place in his yeah. life. Um, I think everybody's happy for that. And the thing about him that I was talking to you guys about earlier this week is he seems like a guy that he can win, you know? He's, he's, for sure he can. Yeah. He can pop and he can win, which it's, it's not – I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but not everybody. You don't feel that way about everybody. But he, he gets himself in contention and he, you know, it's like a dog, dog to a bone. Like he's, he's going to go for it. Um, didn't quite get it done today, but he was right there. I mean, that putt, what mm-hmm. was it on 17? Didn't fall. He had, he had a, a couple birdie putts that just missed it. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it was just one shot. Right. So, um, he was right there and I wouldn't really hesitate to, if there's a course that kind of suits him and, um, you know, we'll see how he plays over the next little while, but he's definitely someone that's on my radar that I would, I would look at for, you know, whether it's an outright where you could probably get pretty pretty good odds on him, or even like a, a top ten bet or a top five bet, um, he's somebody you could pop for you. He's a, he's a great dart throw, I think, in a lot of these tournaments because he yeah. I mean he has won four times on the PGA, three times Corn Ferry, including twenty twenty. I mean, yeah, yeah, he, he just does win. And it, I mean, we talk about this all the time, but it's just getting opportunities for this guy, like for these guys. They're so talented. He needs these starts, right? Everyone and this is, that's PGA what he starts. locked up today. And that's know? what he locked up and he loved to see it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so moving down, um, and this is kind of for the opposite reason is Eric Van Ruyen. I, I kind of had Abe answer penciled in here. So, you know, I'm a little bit of a, a little bit of an audible here, but, um, in, in looking at Eric Van Ruyen, you know, I saw he missed the cut here. This is a guy who is right now, he's sitting right around 50th in the world. And yeah. somebody who's in that position, you expect to make the cut in a tournament like this for one thing. But in looking at kind of his last, you know, his last 20 starts or so, he's got he's got a fair number of missed cuts. And oftentimes they're in tournaments where you really expect him to make it. It's not the strongest field. Um, and, and it's... It's actually he seems to have his better results in tournaments with strong fields, yeah, you know, I've like major championships sure. and, and WGCs. I think we all kind of remember him popping there at the WGC Mexico last year. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he hasn't. Other than other than that one, he hasn't had very many strong finishes on the PGA Tour. A lot of his strong finishes are in Europe, and uh, whether that's just a comfort level or or what um that you know i don't know he he doesn't seem to me like a guy that's going to be that's going to be winning right now greg you're Until- smirking <laughs> oh no I'm, I'm smirking because i just sent you a text adam to say stop touching your mic or desk <laughs> oh i'm sorry <laughs> because they just keep getting staggered i'm like oh i'm thinking it's mad i'm not looking forward to editing this thing <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I agree. I agree totally with your take on EVR. Um, I, I, I have not been, you know, we haven't seen a ton of him, but I, I feel like it's been lacking. So um, I, I think we, we see, he, it just seems like there's a lot of mistakes. 
Yeah. I also and- feel like it's weird how he builds his schedule. Like you do see him go back over to Europe. He played like, it's just weird. Like I was talking about this with Henrik Stenson the other, like it, I don't know why he picked this tournament. That, I mean, I guess it's the first one he could play in the PGA, but he seems to be kind of dipping his toes on both European tour and PGA instead of, and like going, you can't even decide on a name. Like, is it, is it Eric? Frederick? Is it Frederick? Is it I Eric? don't even know anymore. <laughs> I know. Um, but he, he does tend to have like, you know, his, his stronger finishes are on the European tour as of late. Um, so, you know, his his only top 10 other than WGC Mexico is at the Aberdeen Standard Investment Scottish Open. So, um, you know, there's there's probably half his tournaments in there are missed cuts. And he, he got as high as 40th in the world, and he's up to 55 now. And I, I just think that a player of that kind of stature, I would expect a little bit more consistent play from. And, and he's not really I, doing I, it to us right I now. S- think we still haven't seen him return to form yet like that's and, what and that's what it feels like to me it, like, it's frustrating because i think we see bef- the talent we've seen yeah. the yeah. talent right yeah. and and you know what that's it's just one of these things my, my the main point of my stock down is he's not somebody i'm looking to stake right now i don't have yeah, any I, feel for yeah. him and i i can't I, I i wouldn't know where to even guess that he's going to finish in a tournament so yeah. I, I can't i, I totally agree with him. that take so. um and, and yeah, especially from a DFS point of view, um, because there's just there's no trust. There, like there's no faith that he's going to make a cut, no matter the field. You know. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to Soapbox Sunday. Craig, give it to us. Okay, so we're going with the good, the bad, and the ugly, but we're changing things up. Uh, so this time, instead of me just telling you guys what's good and bad and ugly, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys you know a topic, a headline, a a take maybe, um, and you guys tell me whether it's good, bad, or ugly, and and why. Um, so first do they, off, do we have to have a good, a bad, and an ugly? No, no, no you, you can pick, you, you can pick one. Well, no, but I'm. I was, but you don't need to get all of them. The you don't, what if I think if, a lot of things are good? I'm that's pretty, fine. I'm feeling that's, pretty positive tonight. That's that's good. You you can just be all all thumbs up. Uh, so first off, Kevin Kisner uh, discussing the ability to win at uh, different at certain courses, and uh, you know, still showing up to the other courses. Like what did he rattle off? I think Beth Page Black. Um, yeah. Tory Pines is that one of the ones he said? Um, use open courses, yeah, the the, the longer courses, yeah. um, but still showing up because they pay a lot of place, they play a lot of money for twentieth place. Um, <laughs> what do you guys think? I I good, I loved it, I loved it. I'll, I'll give you two here. I, I think it's I think it's great. I think it's good for for sure. I think it's good him saying that. But I also think uh, I heard that, or I, I think I saw that PGA was the only one who didn't share that clip. And I think that's bad. Like they kind of suppressed that. Like I, we saw it from golf media and different golf channels, but not from the PGA itself. I think it's bad if they try to suppress. Yeah. Yeah. That it's like trying but, to deny the reality. Like I, to I me, mean, that's yeah. good. That's good that he's being candid and, and talking about it. I totally agree. I don't know why they would feel like that's something that they need to like keep under wraps. I love the yeah. honesty. I love yeah. the honesty, and and it's also like awesome that he's he's mentioned it a couple times. Like, I, I think that he was asked one time last year if if you know a player of his caliber who's been out there this long does like the money still matter to him? And he's like, yeah, <laughs> you're damn right, it does. <laughs> so I love that he's like he's honest about it. He's upfront about it. 
it very much falls in the good category to me. Okay, next up, uh, golf on Ireland time. So, you know, we were most of the, well, I guess, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it was late. We're here on the, or I guess me and Kevin are on the West Coast. Adam's one time zone over. In, but the, mount, in the mountain region. In the mountains. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I had it coming on, I think, four o'clock here most days. Uh, it was a little bit earlier today because they had the earlier start. What do you guys think? Good, bad, ugly? Would you like me to go first, Adam, or you? Yeah, you, you go ahead. Okay, well, mine is two thumbs way up for me. <laughs> this has to do very much with my schedule, um, but I got to watch golf on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was fantastic. I usually don't get to watch golf on Thursday or Friday. Um, I have to follow it a little bit on online, and I find I don't get a very good feel for the tournament, whereas uh, this week I got to watch it when I got home and uh, yeah, I, I felt like I had, a, and look at me making, making in-tournament bets that are paying off. Like <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm a sucker if I'm not watching it now. <laughs> um, so two thumbs way up for me. And uh, I wish, I wish all golf could be at this time, but yeah. So for me, it's ugly. Island time is <laughs> ugly. It's not starting till five. By five o'clock of my day, I've been so beaten up by my daughter. I, I love coffee golf. I love waking up and having and getting coffee golf. By this time, I'm on my third cup of coffee and I look ugly. I am beaten up and disheveled <laughs> and I'm not this put together face that you see right now. Um, oh, it, I thought it, this was you beaten up and ugly. <laughs> I, I, I have golf on during dinner time and I feel bad as a father and a husband and... It just, it's ugly. All, I, I want golf. I want to wake up and the first group's already off and I can, yeah, I know I'm spoiled that I can get a lot of golf Thursday to Sunday, but Hey, that's how I like, I like, Hey, let's go to, let's play the open. Let's, let's go to the European tour. I love those golf. Tournaments. Yeah. I was going to say, I might enjoy it if there was a European tour and then you could, you know, tidy yeah. that up. And then sure. a little bit later. Um, so yeah, no, to so me, just to be, just to be clear too, I, I love the early morning stuff. The stuff I have a hard time with is when the tea times aren't starting to like, you know, 11 or 12 my time. It just doesn't work because then it doesn't finish till like the finish time is no good for me. And anyway, so the yeah. early stuff is good. The late stuff, great. So I, I didn't mind the time. I also like it did let me watch some golf that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to watch. Um, the thing I just hate was how little they were able to cover this. Like, I don't know. I mean, you know, coverage takes for golf are the most beaten to death thing in the world. Yeah. But um, I don't know how they're not getting early coverage on, you know, golf TV or PGA Tour Live or whatever it is. Um, even the radio, like I love, I love PGA Tour radio. That wasn't even starting till I want to say like two hours before like, the three broadcast. My time, three yeah, so hey, two buddy, o'clock my time. Just, just chill out, you know. Well, no, I'm, I'm cool chilling, but like the golf is happening. Like they're playing. Why, why not? You know, Adam was saying, just get someone holding up their cell phone, streaming it, and you get cover. <laughs> you know, like you get people watching that. Um, I think that's a copyright infringement, but. Well, so the person that holds the copyrights just hold up a cell phone. Like, what is their what's their excuse that it costs too much money? Literally, just get people to hold up their cell phone and stream it. Um, okay, moving on. This so we're one, split on that one. We're pretty split on that one. This one yeah. we might get some. We'll see. We'll see. Justin Thomas dropped by Ralph Polo Ralph Lauren. Uh, Adam, you Adam, you okay. Go. I'll start. Uh, let's go. 
I'm going to go bad here. Um, and I'll, I'll try to, I'll, I'll try to put this properly, but it's going to be hard because it is a sensitive subject, but obviously what he did was wrong and he apologized. And we we've discussed that before. I think, and I think Ralph Lauren, Ralph Lauren has its, its merits in dropping him and they're very active. I think in the LBGTQ community, but I say bad because I feel like they could have worked together. Maybe there's a line, uh, a pride line that uh, Justin Thomas could have worn at an upcoming tournament. Maybe there's somehow they could have worked it out together as longtime partners. And what the one of the main sponsorships I've ever seen from them, they could have come to a creative marketing solution to stay together as a team and and change the message so it is positive. That's that's why I'm saying bad because it felt like cutting the cord and putting the blame on JT when maybe he was receptive to growing and evolving alternative with ways of of you know rebounding from this yeah messy yeah. situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's a hard one to actually fit into a good, bad, and ugly. So I'll just go with the middle. Of bad, I guess. Um, you know, I, I agree with a lot of what Adam said there. I think, you know, I read some of the statement that Ralph Lauren put out about that, and they they were fairly open to the idea of working with JT again in the future. And it was kind of a, you know, it's it's inconsistent with our brand values, um, and and we we think that um, Justin can make you know, can turn this into a positive and we don't rule out the possibility of working again with him in the future, which I think are all good things. They're not just kind of, you know, hanging them out to dry. Um, but, you know, the onus really is on on JT at this point and, and to make this, to turn this into something that is, is positive, you know, to put in the hard work and, mm-hmm. you know, connect with groups, um, you know, really, really look to make a difference. This is you know, he's put himself in this situation. Now he needs to do the right thing. Um, and you know what? I I really have confidence that he will. I think that he will. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I don't really criticize Ralph Lauren for doing this at this right. point either. I, you know, let's see, let's see JT turn it, turn that this around. Um, and, you know, maybe in the future, it's going to be a partnership again. So, um, yeah, a bit of a tricky situation, but you know, in this day and age, um, people get dropped for a lot less. So, um, for sure, yeah, that's kind of the world we live in. Yeah, so to me, it's ugly. Um, and oh, okay, this year, I'm not saying uh, necessarily that um, they're. I didn't, know, I didn't even know you got to vote for this. I thought it was only us. It was only you guys? Well, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I get to make the rules. Um, so I think that, like, I don't think there was necessarily a good outcome possible. I think it was, you know, sure. it was going to be somewhat ugly uh, regardless. Uh, I think you give the token, oh, he's, you know, he feels bad and blah, 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 and he's going to work to do better. That doesn't look good either. Um I just think that, to me, what makes it ugly is almost, I think, what what you were saying you felt was, like, them throwing a line to, like, potentially work together in the future. Like, like if you're going to, 
if you're gonna yeah. get rid of the endorsement on the guy, just be like, okay, yeah, like you know, we're moving on. Uh, we it doesn't reflect our values. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't reflect our values. We yeah. appreciated the things he's done. Not like, hey, like we're gonna break up, but like you know, maybe let's maybe just we'll like take a break you. and then you go work on yeah. yourself. And it's we'll not just... me; it's you. <laughs> um, but then the other thing is like, and I'm I don't want to be in any way dismissive of. Uh, you know how how serious, and I think especially like we're Canadian, so uh, we have for much longer than the states had pr- fairly um, progressive law and and um, just marriage and all perspective that kind of, yeah. on yeah. on LGBTQ um, rights, and so I don't want to be dismissive of what what JT did, but like. Ralph Lauren is not exactly like a flawless company that has no human rights skeletons in its closet and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, all of these huge fashion brands, if you if you look deeper and deeper into their supply chains, you find some pretty sketchy things. So, like, it just feels to me a little bit like, um, you know, come up with a good way to work towards rehabilitating this partnership and and yeah. making it, you know, like I, I appreciate that, yes, this community means a great deal to them and, and their um, image, their marketing and all of these things, you know, their, their cultural values are important to them in this front. But um, I just don't think that like cutting, if that's the case, like, and, you know, I'd have to go through, I, I've, pulled up very very few surface level things but like they're you know like most of these huge brands they have factories that are not necessarily doing the best things to to take care of all the people that work there and and everything so i i just think to me it's it's ugly and i don't know if there was a good possible situation out of this but right right that's all i have to say about that (laughs) yeah and i i think we all kind of Sounds like we might categorize it a little bit differently in good, bad, and ugly, but we're all kind of at the same point there yeah. in a matter of speaking. We'll see what happens, I think, is kind of where that one stands. But let's just hope JT does, you know, take some positive steps. Try sure. to make things better. Yeah. Agreed. I think he'll land on his feet, though, when it comes to the loss of a sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> the loss of an endorsement. I think that's he'll be okay. Yeah. Um, any more? In this category? Oh, yeah, sorry. Last one here. Uh, To end on not such a heavy note, uh, stand-up paddleboarder guy. I don't know. I'm I'm assuming most people have seen this clip, but uh, we got got the clip of the stand-up paddleboarder with his paddle working on his golf swing on the on the broadcast what do you guys think good bad i'm so i'm I'm so glad you explained this because our show notes that said sup guys golf swing and i'm like who's sup i I didn't see (laughs) sup's golf swing but yeah i sent i sent the um the swing of the paddle border to the three of us and our dad because i feel like we've all been caught at some awkward point in our lives with a stick a hockey stick like whatever it is doing the golf swing and working oh yeah i think that's the problem oh I think I, I was going to say like a spatula in my kitchen, just like trying to anything. Yeah. Totally. Um, but a, uh, yeah, something like that of that length and weight. That's a good golf swing, man. That was great. Well, you know, so good. I gotta I pipe, it's good. I got to pipe in here. It is ugly, ugly all the what? way. You're, you're going to get bad habits for one thing. You swinging <laughs> something that big. You see the hitch he had to do just to clear his board there or clear the ground. <laughs> You kind of—he's gonna develop a Charles Barkley-like move in his swing. 
Not to mention, this guy knew he was, he was just trying to get on the telecast. It was a, a blatant ch- attempt to get on the telecast. And he's, you know, showing how good his life is in Hawaii during, while all of us are <laughs> yeah. freezing here in the winter. I don't need that, all right? Like, this is this is hard in the ugly category for me. So, Although, hey, listen, I would do the same thing I wish it was me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I will put it in the good category. All I'm saying though is I want to see him doing that while he's on the paddleboard because <laughs> oh, that would really be impressive. Um, we've all be been impressive. on a paddleboard, especially you know like where where I live. There's a lake, but it's pretty easy to paddleboard on a lake. When you're in the ocean and you're you're dealing constantly with the waves, it's a little bit harder. So you could pull off a golf swing there. I would be quite impressed. Yeah, it gets a little hairy on the ocean. All right, well, let's move on to kind of what else is going on in golf this week. Um, A few things I wanted to bring up. Uh, Firstly, I don't know if you guys had heard about this or not, but Angel Cabrera was arrested in Brazil this week, and he will be held until his extradition to Argentina. Um, I guess his ex-wife has filed some charges against him that are quite serious um, and warranted him being arrested so do you know um, like are they domestic violence yeah domestic violence and and attempting yeah um yeah um so cabrera of course has won he won the 2007 u.s open the 2009 masters and then he lost the 2013 masters in a playoff to adam scott so right a very accomplished golfer by far the most accomplished golfer from his home country of argentina um and this kind of came out of nowhere and and he's you know, yeah, I, I he's always he been a bit of a character who, who, you know, he, he's been a bit of a character who's popped at a few of these major championships and, and uh, shown that he had, he had game to win big tournaments. Um, and he, I think, I, I can't remember which one it was. He just was chain smoking down the stretch. I think it was the U.S. Open, <laughs> which I think a lot of people got a bit of a chuckle out of. But uh, yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere and, and we'll see what happens. Um, but big news and he, he's been playing a little bit on the champions tour as well uh so yeah is that a pebble that he won the u.s open no i think it was oakmont not okay. sure but I'm, i think it was oakmont um speaking of majors and the masters uh this week it came out that there will be a limited number of patrons allowed at the masters this year in april so i think everybody's happy about that because just for purely for ambiance and having a little bit of roar around there um was it was missing this year it was it was a you know they they put a successful tournament on i think in november um as as good as we probably could have hoped for but it was missing that that roar um so even if it's more of a a I don't know a healthy murmur. Um, do we get a do we get a vote on good, bad, or ugly with this? Like I, I feel like I have opinions on this. I, <laughs> sure. I'm not going to hold out hope that uh, that I'm going to get a ticket. So yeah, well, yeah. there's a couple of things. First off, when I see these sport events with limited participants, I I do worry about them having the right restrictions in place. Um, and I mean, we have we have medical professionals in our family. I'm sure you guys feel the same way or similar. Um, so I do worry that it's done properly and people are actually being safe instead of, you know, you can re- remove your mask at the football game to take a drink of your beer, but then the mask is off the entire time, right? Like you, who knows how, um, 
how safely it's going to be. And then the other thing is like, yeah, I've been trying to get these tickets for a decade. And it's, so again, <laughs> the people yeah. closest to the Augusta I, I think that, and like the elite of the elite of the elitist sport, like I'm so far away from getting these tickets. So I'm a little bit bitter because of well, that. But these aren't the ones you want to get anyways. You don't want to travel down there this year, right? Uh, sure. That's true. I'll take a media pass. Yeah, I... <laughs> I can't say I'm thumbs up or thumbs down on it. I think it'll depend a lot on how it's handled and whether, you know, like I don't want to see it, it with, with the Houston Open. I was a little bit like, oh, man, there's no actual distance here and there's just bad things here. And um, so I hope they do a good job of it. And I hope they they actually make sure that they're not just contributing further to the problem. But uh yeah, if it's I mean, done yeah. right, sure. Yeah, if it's done yeah, right, I'm roars. cool with it. Of course, you know my saying that I'm excited for it is is assuming that it will be done yeah, right. Yeah, they they yeah. did make a, a point of saying that they've done this. They they've had one of these tournaments now during the pandemic. Obviously, just essential people there in November, um, and and they think that they can manage with limited number of patrons. So. Um, I, I still, I still like the roar is the one thing, but I still, man, I really like seeing these golf courses without not covered in people. It's pretty cool. I, I agree. And yeah. I understand with the sport organizations that really need the fan money to like survive. I don't think that's the case at Augusta National. Like I don't, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think, think so. People I think tickets. they're doing okay. I think yeah. they're doing okay. Um, so another one I wanted to mention is Cheyenne Woods. Won by 16 shots this weekend on the Cactus Tour, which is the tour I think Adam was pointing out that Sofia Popov was playing prior to her big uh, British Open triumph. So I was looking at a snapshot of this leaderboard, and I I, I well, made I don't the... explain who that is, Kevin Cheyenne Woods, but I believe Tiger's niece. I think so. Yeah, a relative oh. of Tiger Woods, or cousin, niece <laughs> or cousin, or yeah. Anyways. Has has the Woods name and um, so this leaderboard, it uh, looked a little bit. I was telling these guys like the uh, 2000 U.S. Open leaderboard with a Woods at the top by 16 strokes, the only one in red numbers. Uh, pretty pretty impressive stuff there. Um, so I don't know. I haven't really heard much about how her playing career has been going lately, but uh, obviously this was a pretty good result. So. Um, and you, you it nailed was... it. She's she's his niece. Yeah, sorry. I, I did look into that. It's very confusing how it's explained. I thought <laughs> <laughs> at first she was not just like his... doing the math, but like <laughs> <laughs> like the royal family family tree under the woods family tree. <laughs> you don't have that on your wall. Oh, mine's right over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you got it. You nailed it. Um. So yeah, other than that, guys, we're gonna this week coming up. We're gonna get some Champions Tour action back on the. We're getting champions. The, we're getting LPGA. We're getting Euro. Yeah, we got everything coming. Exactly, back. exactly. Full so, speed. um, I'm really looking forward to it. the The Champions Tour one is on the Big Island at Hualalai, I believe. Hualalai. Somewhere between Hualalai and A's and I's in there. I don't know if we've um, ever actually made it past the gate on the course, but uh, but we've we definitely been by there a bunch. With, I think I tried a few times <laughs> last year. <laughs> Anyways, time, actually. it'll be good to get good to have all these other tours back. Um, it's been nice to kind of focus solely on the PGA, but it's always nice to have these other ones back and adding yeah, other sure. layers of excitement to the golf the golf world too. So we're looking forward to that. Um, Adam, what's next on the PGA tour? 
the American Express, which yeah, the American Express, which is not great to Google and try to find the tournament. Desert Classic, American Express. Um, career Builder. The, was it Career Builder presented by the Clintons at one point? Or am I mixing up my terms? so much. Yeah. PGA West. Um, yeah. South of it's, Palm Springs. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's Desert Golf. Uh, Desert but, golf. but a lot of the top guys are over in uh, Abu Dhabi because the European Tour, what do they call it? The Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship or something. Um, and that's a Rolex series event. Yeah, Rolex series event, which are their highest price ones. And then also uh, the Ryder Cup points for the European team has been on hold. And so this is the first one that right. they're restarting okay. that again. So you got Rory, Rom. Um, are they all over Hatton. there? Yeah, and, and JT's actually going and over JT, to play. And JT, I think playing his first ever golf in the Middle East, his third ever European tour event, the other two were the events prior to the open where he came oh, like early. Scottish or whatever the event yeah. would be. Yeah. Wow. So what yeah, drew so him it's a there? really strong field. He needs yeah. to stay out of America for a little bit. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he was, um, I think he uh, was in the field a long time before the recent events, but yeah, yeah. I'm I, not I exactly. Sure I think, why. I mean the fields for this, I want to say it's 8 million us. Um, so, I mean, these are, these are bigger than, your regular tour events, they're pushing what you get at like WGC almost. So, right. Um, right. Yeah. I think we're going to see more people play kind of the Rolex events, WGCs, well, PGA events. Like, yeah. You know, play from, from a business point of view, I think it makes tons of sense. Like oh, if, it does, if except you're trying to make now. yourself a global brand, then, or yes. if you're a global brand sponsoring someone like, yeah, yes. you want them to play where everyone, you know, have, have some exposure to everyone. Well, it, it makes sense now that they're partnered, the European Tour and the PGA Tour, but prior right. to this, um, maybe not so much. So, well, you know, I think everybody's hoping that there's going to be a little bit more of that so you get stronger fields all over the world. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see how that kind of pans out, I guess. And get to see these golf courses all over the world. Like these yeah, great exactly. golf courses everywhere. Yeah. It, it's, it gives us a glimpse into other types of golf, you know? So yeah. that's always interesting. Yeah. Um, what do you guys have coming up this week? So much. Um, <laughs> no, we'll be we'll be starting to release. Um, we'll be doing previews for both the PGA uh, and European Tour. Uh, we'll get DFS prices for those tomorrow, so we'll get some previews out for those. Uh, and then we'll be going live on YouTube, I believe, this week. Right, Adam? Um, yeah, basically, just subscribe to our YouTube channel, Grandstand Golf. And Twitter, and then you'll get everything from those two places. And Twitter, at Grandstand Golf, and everything will, you'll find there. Um, and then Craig has his wizard skills with the DFS model, which is on our website, but we'll make sure you can find that throughout the week. I'd show right you my on. calculator, but my desk is pretty messy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it right is. Right on, guys. <laughs> oh, oh, right on. Oh. See, That's you don't like... even have like all the buttons, Adam. <laughs> you need the... I don't have mine here, but it's got one of those little paper rollies on it, too. <laughs> oh, does it? I love those ones. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. Please uh, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Like these guys said, check out our YouTube channel. Um, that You can get all their, their pre-tournament and mid-tournament uh showdown picks post tournament post tournament all kinds of stuff there um and then follow us on twitter as well that's going to give you 
that's going to kind of be a roadmap for you, tell you where to go. So. <laughs> really, really, that's all you need to do, yeah. <laughs> so thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we look forward to talking more golf with you guys in the future. Take care. Yeah, see you guys. Take care, guys. See you next time.